I'm kind of reminded of a scene in a movie I saw one time of Robert Sheffy, how he preached his very first sermon, and he bout near ran, and had to be caught. But he got a preaching. But he wasn't known as a preaching man as much as a praying man. And uh, honestly, I've never preached before. Not, I wouldn't call myself a praying man so far. And in fact, actually, I really need help on my prayer life. But uh, I'm a reading man, and uh, I'm a Bible reading man. And uh, God, the Word of God effectually worketh in those who believe. Amen, bro. So, anyway, uh, turn over to Psalm 58. I swear you'll know what the salt's about in a little bit. Amen. Um, 58. Do ye indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? Yea, in heart ye work wickedness. Ye weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the death adder that stoppeth her ear, which will not hearken to the voice of the charmers, charming never so wisely. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouths. Break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. Let them melt away as the waters which runneth away continually, when he bendeth his bow to shoot his arrows. Let them be cut in pieces. As a snail which melteth, let every one of them pass away, like the untimely birth of a woman, that they may not see the sun. All right. Now, we were talking a little bit earlier today about things that picture unclean, unsaved men. And uh, we brought up dogs. Priscilla brought up cats, but I, I don't think... It, cats aren't mentioned in the Bible, Priscilla. I'm sorry. Um, I believe swine are technically types of uh, unclean, unsaved man. But right now, I kind of want to focus on verse 8. As the snail which melteth, let every one of them pass away, like the untimely birth of a woman, that they may not see the sun. Now, I realize that it says S-U-N, but... Over in Malachi, it says, the son of righteousness, which will bring healing in his wings. So I kind of want to make this devotional. I realize this passage right here is talking about the great tribulation and lost people going to hell and literally getting the tar beat out of them by their creator. But I want to talk a little bit about the snail right now. And, uh, you know, in a way, it kind of pictures an unsaved man because it's got a hard shell. If you hit it at the, uh, at the wrong spot... You'll probably hurt yourself more than you'll hurt them. But it's got a tender spot. It's also tender. But let me ask you this. It says, as a snail which melteth. Anyone know what melts a snail? Bingo. That's why I stole it. Preacher noticed it, so it kind of did give away. Now, uh, what's a salt a type of in the Word? Anyone know? Israel, Christian. Very true. Turn over to Matthew 5.13 real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh. All right. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt lose his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the feet of man? Now, even though this is talking about Israel, does not this apply to any Christians or any people of God also? Yes, sir. And honestly, I mean, we're supposed to be salty. I mean... There are a bunch of salty characters in the Bible. I'd imagine Noah was a salty man in the Bible, though. I mean, he uh, basically, he got, the world got liquidated, and he floated up, conquered the world that way, too. But uh, also, I, I'd say that uh, Christians are supposed to be the salt of the earth, too. 
But uh, one thing, though, that I, uh, also stuck out to me, though, is uh, another cool thing about salt. It preserves. Numbers 18, Numbers 18, 19 says, All the heath offerings of the holy things, which the children of Israel shall offer on the Lord, have I given thee, and thy sons and thy daughters with thee. Be a statute forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before thee, unto thee, and to thy seed with thee. And I, as I was reading a little bit about salt today, I'm actually looking at David Cloud's encyclopedia. Supposedly, Matthew Henry says that over in the ancient times, salt was also a covenant of friendship, though. There was a time in the ancient times where salt was actually about as valuable as gold. And it kind of goes in that whole saying that you're worth your salt. And uh, I just thought it was pretty interesting, though. I mean, I also heard something about rice being as valuable as gold at one point. Can't understand that now because there's billions of people in China that eat it every day. I, you know what? It kind of makes me think, though. I mean, isn't that kind of the way gold is now? I mean, now it's, it's fought over all the time, but eventually we're going to be walking on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. One time of a man who uh, asked uh, St. Peter, I don't know why it's always St. Peter. It must be a Catholic thing. But he asked for one carry-on on luggage. And so he basically got all, uh, went into the bank, got all his gold, and once he got up to the gate, uh, Peter's looking at his suitcase, and he's like, why did you bring pavement? It's a corny joke, I know, but uh, cut me a break here. <laughs> oh man! But uh, you know, I just I kind of want to talk a little bit about snails, picturing a lost man. But you know, the main thing for me and the main message I want to preach, though, is the salt. Salt is supposed to be the word, and you know something. The word kind of pictures fire too, don't you think? Kind of turn over to Romans twelve real quick. It's also in Proverbs 25, if you want to cross-reference it. Verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And if it be possible, as much as anything lie in you, Live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he give thee thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome evil, but evil with good. Father, I just, I, I really thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, that you overcame evil with good, Lord God. Thank you for the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers in Christ and sisters of Christ, of course. And, Father, I'm just really grateful, Lord. And, Lord, um, I believe that uh, Abraham Lincoln said one time, I destroy my enemy when I make him my friend. And that, that's who my friend is tonight, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, I believe Romans 8.28, if God be for us, who can be against us? And... Honestly, I truly, I, I really appreciate that. And uh, But, um, you know, back to the Word, though. I mean, honestly, it kind of leads us back to Colossians 4, 6, doesn't it? Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you an- ought to answer every man. And i got to think, though, salt, that stings, it preserves. It's type of God's people, but... You know, what it is grace a kind of type uh, type of when you think about it? I would say grace is a type of sweetness, wouldn't you think? Yeah. 
And I mean, I, I believe the anagram on grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. And when something's really sweet, don't you call it rich? You know? And uh, I, I, this is something I do at McDonald's sometimes. I don't know if any of you all have tried it. But so one of my favorite things at McDonald's is to get some hot french fries, soft served ice cream cone, dip them right in there. Perfect thing of hot, cold, salty, and sweet all at the same time. Delicious, absolutely delicious. And you know something? The Word of God uh, like that is to me, it's a continuous treat, no matter how, how you eat it. Uh, one of my favorite preachers, James Melton, though, always... One of the first times I ever heard him preach was feasting on the Word. And sometimes it's words compared to meat, and it's compared to vegetables, it's compared to salt, as we were saying, it's compared to water. Which, incidentally, that's what salt kind of makes you. It makes you thirsty. Yeah. And, uh, you know, salt's really good for you. I don't care what modern medical magazines are telling you. It's not the salt intake that's killing you. It's the other things that you're not taking that's killing you. Yeah. Generally, it's the sin of omission that will get you. Yeah. It's the little things. It's the little things. Right. And, Back to the Word, though. One of my favorite illustrations, though, that uh, I ever saw of the Word of God was the fact that Sam Gipp one time uh, on the What's the Big Deal About the King James Bible? He t- uh, took a, man to, a young man to a coffee shop. and He started basically took his cup of coffee, put it in a bunch of cream, a bunch of sugar, add some salt, put some pepper in there, and one doubt he hacked one up and put it in the coffee, too. And he handed it right back to him, He's like, here you go. It's like, I ain't drinking that. He's like, why not? It's coffee. Come on. Well, yeah, but it's ruined. And you know something that kind of makes me think, though, that they're diluting things through the modern versions, don't you think? Uh, I was researching snails, though, the other day. You know how they catch snails from going into gardens? Yeast traps. Now, what is yeast? Uh, Miss Parks, you're a baker, do you not? What is yeast? Yeah. yeah. So it makes me think, though, yeast trap in a way. If we count the snails as lost men, and uh, yeast obviously is leaven, and salt is the word which is part of it, that's what kills them. Wouldn't a yeast trap be a type of a modern version? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just enough salt to damn you. Yeah. Or save you, depending on your pick. It's still got leaven in it. Yeah. It's going to get you. And I just. Honestly, God really had to knock me upside of the head to get me straight on the modern versions. Um, I have a friend at work. Y'all have met him. His name's Nate. He kept on harassing me because I used to be an NIV guy. And I wasn't saved when I read the NIV. But I figured, well, my mom used it. My grandma used it. My whole family used it. Well, why can't it be wrong? Oddly enough, that's why most people still use the King James Bible. It's because their family used it. Yep. But God had to really work on me, and He had to humiliate me on a lot of things, though. And uh, honestly, though, eating humble pie is sometimes the best thing for you. It worked for Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, honestly, it's kind of working for me right now. I'm eating humble pie, but you know something? Though? Humble pie is good for you. Makes you makes you stronger. I believe the saying is, "What doesn't kill you makes you stronger." Ain't that right, preacher? Sounds good. I mean. If God can be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Honestly. And, I mean, with the Word of God, though, I mean, the Word of God is so precious to me. Eventually, Nate eventually gave me books to read, though. Kind of slipped something in, kind of like you'd hand a lost person a gospel track. And uh, I read the book. The, my first book that I ever read on the King James Bible was the one that convinced me. That was, did the Catholic Church give us the Bible? And it was an illustrated history of the Bible. But what got me, though, 
is it gave the history of the translators and it gave me the history of the other side of the translators. And my main decision was, okay, these people, they all died for their Bible, but there's not a single person on the newer versions that died for their faith. And, I mean, honestly, if I'm going to stand before God, what am I going to take? I'm going to take a blood-bought book or a a Wall Street marketing one. And I just... Eventually, I just had to swallow my pride, and I had to admit to Nate personally. I'm like, you're right about that book. And you know what? I've been blessed ever since. Amen. Honestly, I've been blessed with so many good teachers, yeah. so many good preachers. Uh, Dr. Ruckman, Michael Pearl, James Melton, James Knox, Cliff Parks, Dave Lovely. I mean, these men are so precious to me. Honestly, you really need to take care of those who actually yeah. minister to you the Word. And, I mean, these men have been at it for years, and they truly have a connection with God, and you really should listen to them. Yeah. Don't think, oh, well, he's just in it for the money. No, he's not. He's really not. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm so thankful. I really am. And, uh, honestly, that's really all I got. But I just wanted to point another thing out about the newer versions. When I was at Thanksgiving and my folks this one year, I was witnessing to my uh, great aunt, and uh, I was telling her about my favorite kind of preaching. I like hellfire and brimstone preaching. I like to actually be cut with a sword every once in a while. And pretty much one thing, though, that she did, she's like, she basically, she used this to justify her, and she used this for her self-righteousness. And it's not just her. My dad has used this, my, not my stepmom, but her family's used this too. They asked me, why are there so many versions of the Bible? Why don't you just have one? And I'm like, you're absolutely right. There is one Bible. King James Bible. Yeah. But honestly, that's a bad testimony when the lost people can see something that we can't yeah. as yeah. a body of Christ. Now, obviously, present company accepted. But... The lost people, I mean, the Bible says the children in this generation are wiser than the children of light. You know, sometimes the best teachers you can have are lost people, too. I mean, they may not be saved. Yes, they're going to hell. But sometimes they're the best teachers in some respects. Um, actually, one of my favorite illustrations I ever saw, and I wasn't planning on telling this, but uh, I'll tell it anyway just to fill up space. One of the best illustrations I ever heard of learning actually came from a Jackie Chan movie. And he was sitting by his student, and the student's like, well, are you going to teach me the Buddha palm and the, the sidekick and all that? And, and Jackie Chan motions him over, starts filling his cup. He's like, it's full because it's running over. He's like, exactly. How can you learn when you already know so much? There you go. Wow. Empty your cup Amen. by giving it to somebody else. Give somebody else a taste. The wow. best way to learn is sometimes teaching other people. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I, that's all I got, folks. Amen. Yeah. 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 Yeah.